Hey fellow brain pickers and welcome to episode 146 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Have you ever felt like things are never quite right? That you can never achieve enough? Like things are never really okay? Well, my guest today calls those mental roadblocks and she has discovered a way to remove them permanently. Erin File had the outward appearance of a successful life. Awards, speaking engagements, a beautiful home in the mountains on a river, an agency generating millions of dollars, and yet inside she felt like a fraud, inadequate and unsuccessful. These mental barriers completely held her back from ever deeply enjoying a truly rich life. She had tried therapy, self-development, journaling, pills, willpower, meditation, among other things. Nothing seemed to work until finally she stumbled upon a system that completely eliminated the majority of mental roadblocks holding her back. Today, she helps other high achievers get out of their own way. In this episode, we discuss how to remove any mental roadblock permanently, why therapists are a waste of time and money, the difference between mindset and belief, how to achieve more through elimination, dealing with the war in your head, and much, much more. Enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Here we go. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Erin, welcome to the show. Woohoo! Hello! Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Hello. So we were just having a pre-chat before we hit record, and we started getting into something, and I just thought, no, 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 no. Okay, my audience needs to hear this. They, they need to hear this. This is great. Um, okay, so let's... But before we get into that, let's just backtrack a second. Who's Erin, right? Erin, so Erin, what do you actually do? Good question. So my name is Erin File, and I am the founder of the Mind Fix Group. And we help high achievers and entrepreneurs identify and then permanently eliminate the biggest mental roadblocks and invisible barriers that are holding them back from being able to achieve what it is they want to achieve and make the money that they want to make. Right. So then I basically said, okay, that sounds wonderful. And I've seen lots of people promising the world and selling hope. And I wrote the book, The Self-Help Addict, because people get sucked into these self-help and self-development programs. And then, of course, they're back to the way they were, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then you made a very bold statement, which was there's a 100% success rate. And then I said, well, okay, that first of all, that's very bold. Uh, Second of all, you know, you know, who defines the success? Is it because it's very easy for you to say, well, yeah, that it was successful according to us. So therefore, you know, we did <laughs> sure. what we needed to do. <laughs> right. Yep. But, but you turned around and you said, no, actually, it's it's the client. Our client d- d- defines the success. Um, yes. So give me some examples of, of what a success, what success would look like to a, a client of yours. Sure. So people come to us with really specific problems. They don't show up saying, hey, I need a better mindset or I really just need to be more positive. Mm -hmm. They come to us when something is very clearly holding them back and it's costing them money. It's costing them time. It's costing them energy or or sanity or, or relationship quality. So an example would be the woman I just worked with and, uh, hung up the phone with, uh, 
you know, half an hour ago. She came to us and said, for me, I have multiple different definitions of what success looks like, but my main one is that I, when I graduate from your program, I will no longer be held back by a crippling fear and anxiety of telling my story and being authentic. For the past 10 years, I have wanted to get up on stage and tell my story. I have wanted to write a book for a decade. Mm -hmm. I want to get on Facebook and tell people what I've been through and inspire the children and, and youth in my community. I can't do it. Every day I wake up, I say I'm going to do it, and I, I postpone. I avoid. Mm -hmm. I procrastinate. Or I'll write something, and then I'll never hit send. Yep. She's like, I'm trying to build a business, and I can't tell my freaking story, and I don't <laughs> know why. I've read all the books. I had a business coach. I know I'm capable of this, and I don't do it, and I don't know why. Mm. So success to me means when I graduate, I'm up there on stage. I'm, t I'm out there on Facebook. I'm writing my book, and there's no trepidation. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. I'm just doing it without, without second-guessing myself, and it's mm. not an issue. And she did it. Um, and we, uh, we had our breakthrough session today, and at the end of it, I said, cool, and I want you to imagine yourself up on stage. How does that feel? And she just started laughing. She's like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I said, I want you to imagine writing a Facebook post the moment that we hang up. She goes, I'm on it. I'm on it, I, and I already know what I'm going to write in my book. Now, that's exciting, yeah. but we wouldn't can count that as a success until you know, we, we see what happens in a few weeks. Has she started writing her book? Has she mm -hmm. started writing the posts? If she says that and she goes, I'm no longer held back, look, this is a 10 out of 10, that's success. She's the one who told us. She's the one who gets to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 mm -hmm. and tell us, hey, this is no longer an issue. So that would be a perfect example um, of what a success would look like to her. Whereas we might work with someone else. Um, there's another fellow that we're working with. He, um, he just graduated recently and his whole issue was uh, setting boundaries with clients. So he's a successful financial planner and works with people with a tremendous amount of money. And his issue is he was taking phone calls at like 1130 at night from clients. Mm -hmm. He would have clients come in and they would sit there in his office for two and a half hours. Even And he wouldn't leave to go to other appointments. <laughs> like, he'd literally be late to go to, like, the eye, you know, he's getting, like, eye surgery or something. He was literally late to his surgery appointment oh, for LASIK man. surgery um, because he could not set boundaries. And he didn't know why. He's like, I'm a strong person, hmm. but I can't tell someone to please leave or I can't tell someone that I feel like I have to help them or else they're going to leave me as a client. And so we, that was, he said, success to me, one of, one of my, um, the ways that I would define success is if I am setting boundaries with my team, with my clients, and even in my family mm -hmm. by the time that I graduate. And, you know, he was at like a, on a scale of one to 10, he was at a two or three self-rated when he came in at the end, I believe he's at a nine or nine and a half where he's wow. like, I, I set boundaries left and right. I'm like a machine. It's actually fun for me now. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't take calls from clients after hours. I hang out with my family. I let clients know this is going to be a 30 minute meeting. When 30 minutes is up, I ask, you know, I say it's time for me to go. No issues, no fear. It's just easy and automatic. So and that this, was success to him. And this is all within eight weeks, right? You do an eight week guarantee. 
We don't have a, a time guarantee. When someone comes into our program, our guarantee is we're going to help you okay. however long it takes. Some okay. clients, it takes three weeks. Some uh -huh. clients, it takes five. Some uh, We've had clients where it took 10 weeks. They had a lot of challenges, and their laundry list was a bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, but it's our guarantee that we're going to get rid of the issues. And well, so we stick with people for however long it takes. So what's interesting, though, is that your company is called MindFix, and yet you're telling, mm -hmm. you, just, you just told us that it's got nothing to do with the mindset, right? It's got nothing to do with the mindset. Positive thinking isn't enough, right? Um, what, so what is it, then? If you're not changing their mindset, what is it exactly that, that's changing? Brilliant question. So what we do is we help people through subtraction. So a lot of mindset stuff out there is all about addition. You know, all the self-help books. These mm. are the techniques and the tools and, or even something like cognitive behavioral therapy. A lot of these things are techniques, tactics, and tools that help you cope with your challenges. So what we're doing is we go in and we're like surgeons and we cut out what's causing the problems. We pull it out at the root. It's about mm. subtraction. So instead of coping with it and having to learn and practice how to cope with one of your challenges or struggles, we make it so that it's just not there. There's nothing to cope with. So we're not um, helping a mindset, a general overall overarching mindset. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is we're identifying, or our clients identify, these are the patterns I keep engaging in that are unacceptable in my life. So let's if take this guy gone, oh. as an example. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm cutting because I'm, 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 I'm being the audience. I'm pretending to be the audience. Sure. I'm going, well, hold on, Aaron, hold on, hold on one second. Give me an example. I want to hear an example. So this guy, um, uh, let's give him a name, Alan. Okay, Alan had this, this, this issue that he, he just couldn't set boundaries, right? He, he was taking advantage yes. of. Um, what did you, so to speak, cut out that allowed him then to be able to, to, to set those boundaries? Ah, gotcha. So the root of everybody has slightly different root causes for their problems, which is another reason why we can't do group programs or group mm. coaching. Everybody's quite unique. Yep. For him in particular, he had a couple different things going on. He had, over the years, accumulated a, a tremendous amount of subconscious stress. So he was in this almost permanent fight or flight and freeze situation mm -hmm. where he was constantly acting from fear in his primitive brain. So he's kind of stuck in this freeze response where he couldn't take action. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we did is we subtracted a lot of his accumulated subconscious stress. That was part one. But part two, the reason why we get stuck taking actions and doing things that don't serve us, we only take actions because of what we think and what we feel. And we only think and feel certain things because we believe certain things to be true. So very long story short, we essentially found out that he had a cluster of beliefs of things like, what I have to say is not important. I'm not important. Other people should always come first. I'm going to stop you, Aaron. About that's, that's a, isn't that not a mindset? It, it's a belief. Uh, I guess mindset's a general term. I'm not... Right. I, if you want to call that a mindset, I won't argue with you. So you're saying it's um, not positive. It's not about the positive thinking. It's not about, oh, I can do this. I can do this. No. It's, it's deeper than that. What it is is he was taking those actions because he had a cluster of very specific beliefs. 
Part of him truly believed that other people always had to come first. Mm-hmm. Part of him believed that if he created any conflict, that people would dislike him. And part of him believed that if he set boundaries, it would create conflict. Okay. With that cluster of beliefs, he's stuck acting in the same way every single time, and he's paralyzed. So it's not his mindset. He just had very specific beliefs. Some okay. part of him was clinging to those. So we went in, found out why he was acting that way. And what we did is we essentially dissolved or eliminated those beliefs so that his mind was not holding on to them as the truth, always true, cannot ever not be true. And when he no longer believed those things, there was no reason for him to keep acting in those patterns that were were no longer, that weren't serving him. Is belief knowledge or is it something different? Belief is is belief knowledge. Um, belief is part of you simply is holding on to a statement as truth. Okay, the reason That's I asked that question, I'll tell you why I asked that question, because we're living in a generation where knowledge is, we, we, we have so much of it, we're overwhelmed with the amount of information, right? I can go on YouTube and learn how to build a space rocket okay my 10 year old can do that right so so knowledge is not enough Uh, maybe the whole self it's never it's never no knowledge is not enough to change right and facts don't change our mind that's why we can read otherwise people would be changing their political beliefs all the time because they're getting facts thrown at them but you'll you'll notice people stand strong with what they believe even as they gain more knowledge Mm -hmm. about you you know the other side so if it's not knowledge, if, if we're not talking about just simply saying, hey, this is stupid, stop doing it, idiot, right? <laughs> right? Otherwise, the therapist, right? I, I watched this skit once where, uh, oh man, where was it again? But they came in, uh, this woman comes into a therapist and she says how she, when she goes into an elevator, you know, she feels so claustrophobic and she feels like, you know, she's going to die in the elevator. Cause it's, and he's like, just stop it. And she's like, what? He's like, just stop it, right? <laughs> She's like, what? And he's like, that's it. That's it. That's all you need to do. Just stop it, right? So if if that's the case, if that's all it is, it's just, oh, okay, I'm aware of the Awareness or knowledge is not enough. And it's about a belief system. Mm-hmm. So how do you change the belief system? Well, what I have discovered over the years is a way to eliminate belief. <laughs> that's the work that we right. actually do, right? Okay. When you eliminate the beliefs at that root level, that changes how people perceive events and how events occur to them. That changes their thoughts, that changes their emotions, and that automatically changes their actions. It changes everything down the line. Mm-hmm. Let's take me as an example. I'm going to I'm going to be the, uh, the patient for a second, uh, and you could be the surgeon. This might be painful. So I have this this issue of, of going up and down like a yo-yo, right? So when I get excited, I get really, really excited. Um, let me give an example, actually. Recently, I watched, uh, do you know Grant Cardone? Um, yes. Okay. So I, I watched a, a video of Grant, um, and this is a this is a common occurrence this is what this is what a pattern that i noticed that happens with me so i watched this video of grant and he's got his private jet and he's got his whole thing and right and it's amazing and i get inspired and i start getting charged up and by the end of the video i'm like yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make i'm gonna get a private jet like you know i'm gonna do this right and then suddenly something else comes in called 
fear. It's like I get really excited, really excited, and then at the peak, I suddenly freak out. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do it. And like fear just sets in. Then I get overwhelmed by all, all of it, and I just get paralyzed. And then I do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I get mm -hmm. so annoyed with myself because I'm like, why, you know, why do that to yourself? Like why? And so I try not to watch those videos because they they get me into this pattern where I just get too excited, too overwhelmed, freeze, do nothing. And it's over and over again. Mm -hmm. What what would you look to cut out? I mean, it, it... Well, what would you find to be the unacceptable part of that pattern? What part do you believe is holding you back? Or is that a pattern you feel is holding you back? I think there's two different people living within me. Um, one wants to make lots and lots of money and be, you know, even more famous, like, you know, just have, you know, get up on stage and speak to millions of people and, and all that stuff. And there's another part of me that just says, screw it. I don't want that. That's too much pressure. It's too much crazy. I, I just want to like live a peaceful, calm life, just making enough money to just, you know, my wife and five children, you know, and just enjoy life, just not need to chase the mind, not need it. You know, I just don't need it. I don't, why do I want that? And these yep. two parts of me are like a yo-yo. It's like a seesaw. One minute I'm on this person and the next minute I'm that person. And it drains the heck out of me because it's like, which one are you for crying out loud? Make up your bloody mind. Pick one, you know? Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. There's probably a, a big cluster of beliefs that have you engaging in that pattern. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you that you would not be stuck repeating that cycle over and over and over if some part of you did not believe that making money and having great success needs to be a struggle or it's go it has to be hard work or laborious or take a lot of time. Because if you weren't somebody who believed those things, because what you just told me is mm -hmm. part of me wants all of that success. And then he said, but part of me just wants to live like this like nice life and this calm life and have a family and not worry about it. There's some part of you that is assuming that you can't have both of those things right. at the same time. So I would suggest there's some, some part of you believes that success must be a struggle. Success must be a lot of hard work. And in order to be successful, you must give up things like a calm, peaceful life or having a wonderful family life. Mm -hmm. That fellow Alan we were just talking about who had difficulty setting boundaries, as a financial planner, he actually had the same belief where he said, it, I, part of me believes that you can't be successful at work. You cannot make a lot of money and have a great family life. Hmm. He didn't even realize he believed that. But as soon as he said it out loud, he's like, oh, my God, yes. Part of me is screaming yes. Part of me, of course, intellectually, I know that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But part of me is screaming yes. If some part of you believes that, guess what? Every time you start getting excited and telling yourself, I'm going to make so much money, I'm going to be like Grant Cardone, I'm going to be on <laughs> private jets. I'm the other part of it is like, hell no, you're not, because look at what you're going to have to give up. Right. You're gonna, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be hard. And so you're going to have that, that feeling of two parts of you. You're going to experience resistance, and you're going to start procrastinating because a big part of you is like, you don't want the struggle and the stress. I don't give a shit what you're looking for and that you want the success. It's going to cause you too much havoc. Just, hmm. just go look the other way. Don't even think about it.
Mm. That's going to keep you in a cycle. If you, if we went in and pulled out that belief so that you were like, actually, no, I totally feel it's possible to be massively successful and live a, a balanced life. Yeah. 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 That's really real to me. And no part of me is arguing with that. You wouldn't engage in that cycle. Now, usually there's more than one belief that causes people to act in a certain way, but that's an example of a root cause that's going to lock somebody in and make it very difficult for them to get out of their pattern. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. How did you get into this? I mean, this is, how did you get into it? (laughs) So I went through kind of my own period of hell where I, I was, you know, the successful founder and and owner of a digital agency for a decade and a half. And then suddenly one day I woke up and I was this statistic. I was this person who found herself sitting with chronic pain. You know, Mm -hmm. I had just been training for a mountain bike stage race. And then the next day I'm, I'm in chronic pain. And then six months later I've gone to hundreds of doctors and nobody knows what's wrong with me. So I got increasingly depressed and anxious and started seeing therapists. Nobody could figure out why I was feeling bad. Um, Nobody seemed to be able to help me out of my depression. And then there was a therapist one day who said, you know, you're just getting in your own way. Other people are are this, you know, have these same things happen to them and they're not as miserable as you. Like Mm -hmm. you are borderline suicidal here. Other, you know, there's something in you, like the way you see life, your lens is dirty. And it was this intriguing concept. And she pointed out that my entire sense of self-worth is, is tied to what I achieve. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to achieve. So I felt completely worthless and empty. And so she gave me these interesting insights as therapists often do. But then she couldn't help me do anything with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is yeah. fascinating. How do we fix it? <laughs> and, and, you know, and she kind of gave me this answer where it was like, ah, you know, time and faith and we'll just keep exploring. And I was like, she doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to keep sitting here for another year and and increasing my visits just Mm -hmm. to talk about this. I want to do something. I want to fix it. So I kind of gave up on the medical community and went out and started doing my own research and turned myself into my own science experiment. And um, just engaged in so many in so much learning and trainings and tr- testing out different methodologies and then I started combining different methodologies <laughs> and seeing what worked and what different what what didn't and how I could tweak things to work better and as I started to kind of get out of my own way and realize that a lot of my problems were caused by like head trash and old outdated mental programming <laughs> um, that was just keeping me locked into these patterns I started helping other people. And it was just, it was a phenomenal, the consistency with which this work worked. And um, I kind of realized, you know what, I think I found my calling. I'm not meant to be a digital agency owner the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's how I accidentally got into this world. So you took different, uh, I guess, you said you were, you were sort of uh, your own science experiment. Give me, <laughs> yeah. So like, give me some examples of what you experimented with. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I wish I could pull up my, I had a Facebook post one day. It took yeah. me almost like 45 minutes to write of all the modalities that I tried. By the way, I love oh your, your Facebook posts are so good. 
That's so well, good. Thank you. No, because I, no, because let's be honest. Like, yeah, so many people they post the same crap. It's like oh, you know, uh, <laughs> these one cute one liners or whatever it is. But you go really deep. You like really get into it. I, I love it. You you take the time and you, it's 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 just there's so much fluff out there and and you just really your content's just amazing. I love it. Really. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um. To answer your question, hmm. I taught, I worked with people ranging from uh, hypnotherapists to energy workers to cognitive behavioral therapists. NLP. To who, yeah, uh, yeah, some people did some NLP. Yeah. Um, some people did like parts integration and just salt work. Um, the I, journey. Have you like, ever did the journey? Did you do the journey? Um, I have not done the journey. I thought I've journey. done most things, but I have not done... The journey. The journey. <laughs> have you, and what about the work? Have you done the work? Oh, sure. I tried that out as well. Yeah. You know, was... and that was like, oh, she's on to something here. There, mm. This is, it felt like part of a complete breakfast, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm eating, like I'm eating the, the, the apple on the side or like the toast, but there's more to it. Like this uh -huh. is, a re I kept getting these hits of this is, this is important. Or I went in and did this, you know, subconscious work with someone and I came out and I was like, that helped. But it was like. 8%. Percent. Mm. There, there's more to it. And I'll tell you my most embarrassing thing <laughs> that I tried. Like yeah. this, I still kind of cringe every time I remember <laughs> this. I think I blocked it from my memory for a bit. So I'm very not a woo-woo person. You know, when it comes to, you know, there are people out there who are like, you know, you bring your angels in and we're going to set your crystals out and everything's <laughs> going to, you're going to vibrate at the, you know, at the by frequency of love, and that is awesome, and it works for some people. Um, I'm not on that woo end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. but I had this business coach at one point who insisted he would not let go. He's like, you have to talk to this woman in San Francisco. And I said, I I'm not woo. -woo I'm not. I can't do it. And she's like, he, he said, you have to talk to her. <laughs> and I respected this guy so much that I bit the bullet and I paid like. Oh my God, it was like $450 for this one phone call. And she was a color therapist, a color worker. So color. I sat there on, on the phone and I didn't know what to do. And she said, now just lay back and here's what I'm going to do. I'm now bathing you in a beautiful rose gold aura. Uh, okay, can you see it? It's enveloping yeah. your... Okay, now it's transforming into a shimmering pale uh, green. And this is going to heal, I don't know which chakra or something like that. And yeah. th this was a two-hour call. I completely <laughs> fell asleep. You know, she's like, she's, you know, I don't even think she noticed because she just was going through the rainbow and combining colors the whole time. And we get to the end, and she's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, refreshed, right? Because I had like yeah. a 90-minute nap, nice basically. Nap. <laughs> <laughs> and I hung up, and I just sat there, and I'm like, I, whatever I'm going to figure out someday, I'm going, I swear to God, I am going to make it so that it is something that works for most people. No more of this, like, um, this placebo-ish kind of, it works for some people if they hope it works stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, that reinforced my whole frustration with the, the healing and the fixing communities was this just like, I just paid all of that for her to talk about colors and that, you know, and it was so frustrating. And I, I still chuckle to this day though, when I remember that. Do you feel the, the rose 
the rose gold. <laughs> What's that? Right, you you don't see the rose gold right now? It's like it's I I totally saw the rose gold. Gorgeous. Yeah. Didn't help me too much. Tony Robbins. <laughs> what about what about Tony? Is he, in your opinion, the real thing or? I don't. To, I'll be hundred percent honest. I don't follow him a lot. I don't know a ton about him. Never been to a single event. I think I've read a few chapters in his books, and it's incredibly motivating. He's got mm. an amazing story. Um, I've heard some people who have said, you know, I've learned from him, and it's changed my life. Mm -hmm. I've heard other people who are like, honestly, if you look at all the people he touches, you're looking at like a 20% success rate if you okay. look over the long term. Um, you know, I, I chuckled. I wrote a post the, uh, a month or so ago. He had this download about how to get rid of your beliefs. And I was like, this is fascinating. He's taught people how to do it themselves. How does he do this? And I picked it up and it was something like, there was no information. He was just telling you what not to believe. You know, he was like, mm. if you're struggling to believe that you can go out on dates and that people will like you, just put yourself out there more. Stop <laughs> saying no to dates. And I was <laughs> sitting there going, oh my God. Like, <laughs> why, like why, wait, why, why, doesn't that, why doesn't that work? <laughs> because... If you, okay, so here, if we imagine there's a, a, a I have this, ah, it's hard without being able to kind of show a picture or a diagram, okay. but if you imagine on Susie. the right side of, what's that? Let's take Susie, the other client that you had who couldn't get up on stage. She was too scared, right? Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. For Susie. And if some, she had people telling her, get up there, girl, go yeah. tell Just go story, on the right? stage. Yeah. Just do it. Just yes. put it on Facebook live and just do it. Now. In order to just do something, yeah. what you're changing is your behavior. You'd have to change your actions. And a lot of performance people say that's where you start. You change your habits. You change your actions. You change your behavior. But if you think about that at the end of a diagram, in, in front of or like to the left of behavior, there's your thoughts and your feelings. Your behavior is determined by your thoughts and your feelings. So Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm going to challenge you on that. Could it not be that your behaviors are actually, I mean, your thoughts and feelings can be controlled by your behaviors? No, absolutely uh, what not. Do you, what I do you will, mean? Okay, I, we I'm will, gonna, we will no, go to I will battle fight on you. this. I yeah, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight it, you. On. It, okay, it. great. So, so I wake up in the morning, alarm clock, yep. alarm clock goes off. I'm like, hell to the no, I'm not getting up. I can't be bothered. All right, I roll over. But then... I, 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 um, but then I pull myself out. You know why I said that? Because I was like, hold on, I thought there's a thought there. But, <laughs> but if I, okay, whoa, 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 hold on, no, no, okay, okay. I don't think, okay, I don't think, I just get up. Because if I think about it, I'm going to stay in the bed. Because in my mind, I'm going to lose. So what I do is I just go, I'm out. In fact, there's someone called Mel Robbins who recently came up with this this five four three two one. Of yeah, course, right. five four three two one. So you just say five four three two one and mm -hmm. boom, and you just go. Mm -hmm. And then your thoughts and feelings follow you because they have no choice. You're like, come on, we're going. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So what I'm talking about is patterns, though. Are there instances where we can take, like, not think, or you or use five four three two one to instigate a, a particular action? Sure. Can we take action even if we have thoughts and beliefs that tell us we shouldn't? You bet. 
The more we do, though, the more we push against whatever thoughts and actions we have, mm-hmm. the more resistance there is. The harder it is, the more work it takes for us. So if someone put a gun to Susie's head and said, I will <laughs> kill you and all of your children unless you get up on that damn stage right now, could she go up on stage and give a talk? Yes. But she's pushing against her thoughts and her actions. So she's going to feel fear. She's going to feel anxiety. She's going to feel uncomfortable. She's not going to perform well. Right? Mm -hmm. So we can take actions and behaviors that go against our thoughts and what our feelings. That's why people get burnt out. That's why people start procrastinating is because it takes so much energy. Now, if we took Susie's you know, belief that she's going to be ridiculed or the belief we got rid of today. What makes me safe as a human being is being accepted by everyone, which she got for as when she was younger. We got rid of that. Suddenly she can go up on stage and it takes no energy. There's no fear to fight. There's no anxiety to fight. And it, she can do the same action without trying to turn it into a habit, without trying to force herself to do it, without pushing past resistance or needing a gun to her head or some other type of stick or threat to get her to take the action. Do you see the difference there? Yeah. Have you heard of the three principles? Who? Nope. I, could, I don't you, think I have. You could tell I've been around the block a few times, right, with the self-help thing. <laughs> <laughs> told you I wrote the book Self-Help Addict, that I am a freaking self-help addict. Um, the three... <laughs> Very, very briefly, the three principles is basically that your thoughts and feelings are not real, and essentially they just they just pass by you, and you just you watch them like the clouds, or or like you know just like a stream just flowing through your head, and you don't give any of your thoughts a significance. You just let them just observe them, so we like don't become attached. E, kind of, but you just kind of you you don't you don't attach yourself to them, so they don't control you anymore. That's the idea. And so people who are addicted, uh, right? So the reason why they're addicted is because they're attached to their thoughts and their feelings. They give them power. And once you, you know, uh, just realize that they're not in control because, you know, one thought comes and then another one and another one, it's just a flowing stream, then you are released um, from that, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean... I th- I find that to be almost passive. I, I find that what's that? Passive. Not passive, but I find that it's more powerful when people can observe their thoughts. What's fascinating is I I don't know the I don't think any but you know there's a million different uh, percentages out there. I don't know what the exact number is, but I've heard mm-hmm. it anywhere from eighty five to ninety four percent of our thoughts every day are the same. We have the same thoughts. We're very repetitive creatures, right? So here's the thing. What I found is when people tell me what they're thinking and they tell me those thoughts that show up, if they can go and be like, you know, like the Dalai Lama or somebody who meditates, you know, 24-7 and they can release all their thoughts, that's great. Power to them, rad, and you're going to be enlightened. Awesome. What I have found, though, is when you actually do pay attention to your thoughts, and someone shares with me what they think, I can tell where they're getting stuck. Your thoughts give me insight into what you believe to be true. And that's, again, at the root of where you're stuck in your different areas in your life. Mm-hmm. So if you keep telling me, if I'm talking to you and I keep hearing your, you think out loud going, I'm just so stupid. I just fuck up all the time. I'm just such an idiot. 
I know that some part of you believes you're stupid or some part of you believes you're an idiot. Otherwise, you would nev- those thoughts would never occur to you. When well, you second, make but that's, hum- that's just natural. I mean, you can't tell me, Aaron, or maybe you can, that you don't have doubts and fears. And, and come on, really? You're always confident and always sure about what's going to happen? Not at all. But I'm never sure of what's going to happen. I can't read the future. But but, when I mess up, when I mess up, I don't go, I'm an idiot anymore. I'm a fuck up. I am this. I Mm -hmm. am stupid. I go, oh shit, I made a mistake. How can I do better? Totally different ballgame. The energy that goes into hating myself and judging myself like I used to, it's not there. I just made a mistake and I move forward. Okay, you know what? A good example. Someone ripped you off recently. Okay, you mentioned this on. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Great, great. So, you know, in the past, you how would you have reacted to that? Oh no! I thought that was a new trigger. That was a new pattern. I oh, found. so you actually? <laughs> I didn't realize oh, so, I had it because I totally got frustrated for right. several hours by it. And I was okay. like, "Whoo! Here's a new one for me." So I figured, like, you don't get frustrated by someone ripping you off for no reason. And when I sat and, and kind of wrote down, what am I thinking? What are the thoughts that I'm having? It's like, holy cow, I feel like he, may, he could steal clients away from us. I feel like he could mess up our messaging and people think he's the one who does yeah. really good work. You know? And I started thinking that, um, and it came back to this almost like uh, there's the, the beliefs were that. Scarcity. I. What's that? Uh, yeah, like there was, there was a bit of scarcity. Like there, uh, if he takes, like it was literally like if he takes some clients away, I'm not going to be okay. Right. And I wrote it out. And, I was, and of course, when you see the beliefs that you have intellectually, you, you, you practically laugh at them because mm. they don't really make sense when you say them out loud. But again, if some part of you, if, if that little piece of outdated mental programming is just stuck like a piece of irritating sand in the back of your mind, Mm-hmm. It will hit the brakes and cause you all sorts of emotions and feelings and suck your energy instead of you being able to go along with your day efficiently mm-hmm. and productively. So I realized I had a handful of, of beliefs about um, what it meant that this guy was copying me. And I, I tracked it back to, you know, it's going to take, it's going to actually hurt my business. Mm-hmm. And and when I was able to get rid of those beliefs, it was like, oh, God, no, I don't really care. Like, this is something I can laugh at and move forward with. But I still run into those little buttons that get pressed or little things that trigger me every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens every, you know, a couple, every month or so. But it's not like a 50 times a day like it used to be when I used to do this work. I'm able to get through my days and be productive without all of these judgments and fears and anxieties and doubts hamstringing me. So I can Why? be massive, more productive. Why is it that you can't um, write a book or a course that people could take? And I know you said before that the reason why it is, it, you need to work one-on-one is because it's not you know, one-size-fit-all. Everyone's got specific you know, issues they're dealing with. But surely there's principles. Surely there's a set of principles, whether it's 10 or 20 types of different... you Because know, usually a lot of different issues come back to the same core issue, right? Mm -hmm. And let's Mm -hmm. say there's five core issues or 10 or 20, 30, 50, whatever the the number is. Surely you can then write a book or write a course that people can then take. Why is it that it has to be on a one-on-one basis? And and why is it that that people can't 
do it themselves? Why can't they just, you know, change their beliefs on their own? Well, so, okay, so two questions. So yes. number one, the first question is, why can't you just do a book or a course? Yes. That is my goal. Like, okay. ultimately, my goal for the long term is to be able to help more people. And even, it may end up being more of a, well, maybe it only helps 50% of people, you know, more like Tony Robbins level success rate because it's more generalized. But yeah. that's still 50% of a lot of people versus 100% of a smaller group of people. That would right. still be valuable. The reason... I haven't gone in that direction yet is because my, the MindFix group, we're not even a year old yet. Wow. <laughs> this, oh. this, was, this was still, one year ago, I was still running the agency, banging my head on the wall going, why am I so miserable? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And helping friends on the side and colleagues and taking free clients. Okay, so you know what my question is going to be now, right? My question now, because I'm, I'm assuming my, my audience is sitting there going, oh, okay, it's only a year old. How do you know people aren't going to go back to their old ways? I mean, you haven't been, maybe you haven't been doing this long enough to know that this is permanent results. You know, let's Essentially, say we, we have tracked all of our clients since we started taking them in February, and we come back to them and we track them regularly. Mm -hmm. And we are getting it to the I mean, we're sitting there going, shit, we may have a bad business model. We don't, mm. our clients don't, like, the, even our very first clients are like, no, you know, which, uh, it's almost, what, it's December. We just started t taking them on in February. So um, it's possible that maybe something happens down the road and it's not permanent, you know, and things stop after five years. Um, but every time we go back to our clients, they're like, nothing has changed because we're getting rid of something. It's almost like if you get rid of the habit when you're a little kid of biting your nails, could it come back when you're 62? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But if you really get rid of something and it really is permanent, it, it, it doesn't just come back. Like right. when you got rid of your belief that Santa Claus was real, could it come back when you're 35? Maybe. I suppose anything is possible. But when you get rid or dissolve or eliminate something like that, it doesn't just pop up one day and then we're talking and you're like, Aaron, I believe in Santa Claus again. I don't know why it just came back. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Right. It just doesn't work that way when you really get rid of something in the way that we do. Have you worked with people with serious things like addictions or phobias? Um, I accidentally worked with a gal who was scared of snakes. It's definitely not her. <laughs> uh, we got rid of it in about 20 minutes. Um, what? I, no, I, yeah, I sent her a picture of a snake because previously... She said, if you ever sent me a picture, I would start to have a panic attack. And so okay. I was really cruel because she was my friend. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> right, yeah. She was snake. your friend, she right. What, what? <laughs> she was my friend. Past tense, and she, yeah. she started laughing at it. So what? I have what do done a few well, phobias. It's not our area that we focus on, though. And oh, no, wait, 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 hold on one second. Because like, just, you just passed right over that. It's like in 20 minutes, someone had, a, what, someone had a lifetime phobia of snakes. And within 20 yeah. minutes, you were able to send them a picture and she was laughing. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is How, crazy. What does that mean? Like maybe, okay, so now the skeptic in me is going to say, okay, she didn't really have a phobia. She obviously wasn't that scared. There's no way in 20 minutes you could just get... No, <laughs> this I'm gonna... woman, I wish I, had had, I wish I had a video or I could get her on a call or get like a recording of it. Yeah. This woman, if she saw a tiny little like garden snake, you know, a little harmless like six inch or whatever, a foot long yeah. garden snake, she lives in Utah, um, she would literally flip out, run into the house, lock the door. Like that was the level. Or if, again, a picture of it she would start to sweat. 
<laughs> and 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 she laughed at that. And so if she saw a snake in real life now, well, she, you're telling me she wouldn't freak out. She wouldn't love it. It's not like she became a snake lover or anything, or right. she started petting them. Um, but she was more. It was more of like, oh, there's a snake. Let's walk the other way, or let's walk around it. How really do you like do that snakes. in twenty minutes? How could you change? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm. A lot of this comes back to some part of your mind truly believes it saw proof and evidence that something was real, right? So the, the person who, uh, the gal today, or, or the, the woman I worked with, here, last week, the woman I worked with, she, could, she had to be a perfectionist. If she, she's a saleswoman, like high ticket salesperson. Okay, this is if not Susie. Met, this is someone else. This is a different woman. This is Lisa. a great example. Lisa, 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 Lisa. <laughs> high ticket salesperson. Okay. And any time she made a mistake in her business with sales, yes, she started to experience like fear in her stomach. Yes. Her stomach would not. Yes, up. I'm Lisa. She would have tightness in her chest. Yes. Um. And she'd start panicking. For her, her reaction was more severe than anybody I'd seen it. It was off the charts. She would start crying, and she would like be off the rails for like three days. And hmm. she'd have to talk herself back and be like, "You're gonna be okay. You can <laughs> right. do it." And she'd have to meditate, and she'd have to go for like three walks and talk to her husband. Yeah, it would take her days to get wow. back on track to going. I can do this. Okay. Okay. So. You don't just make a mistake and act that way. There's a reason. Part of your mind truly believes that making mistakes, and in her case, because there was all this physical fear and, and, or physical reaction, it, it went way deeper than for, some, for other people. Mm -hmm. What we found is some part of her believed that what makes me safe is being perfect. She learned that because she, her, her mind thought she saw proof of that when she was a little girl. When she would bring home a test and it was a 95% instead of 100%, she would get beaten by her parents. Really? And she, Yes, physically. Whoa. So when that happened over and over and over, guess what? As a little five-year-old or six-year-old or seven-year-old, your brain comes to the conclusion that the way to stay safe is to be perfect. That is your childhood. You swear to God you see proof of that, and that gets lodged in your brain. doesn't matter that when you become an adult and you see other you know, examples of this not being true. doesn't matter that you see other evidence out there that suggests this is not always the case. That is that gets so ingrained, and your brain is so sure it saw proof and evidence that that is true. It won't let go of it. So even though she wasn't even aware that she really believed that, mm -hmm. when we looked at her pattern, and we saw that every time she goofed up, she she felt like she was in harm's way, and something horrific was going to happen to her. We got rid of that one belief. And the next week she came back and she said, I just made a thousand dollar mistake. <laughs> in the past, that would have set me off for at least a week. I would have been terrified for my life. I would have been terrified I was going to lose my money. I would have felt nauseous. I would have felt sick and trepidation. She's like, no fear, no anxiety. 
I apologized, said it was a miscommunication, and the woman bought for me anyway, and I just made a bunch of money. She's like, mm. I've never had that experience in my entire life. So it goes back to everything can be traced back to some part of your mind simply believes something, and that's why you're stuck in your patterns. When you can work with someone to figure it out, because it's not always obvious to try and but, figure out what you believe on your own, yeah. and you can get rid of that, your actions, Why? your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions all change like dominoes without you having to take any extra effort or practice anything. Does that Why? make sense? It makes total sense. But now I'm like literally like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, what's it called? My, 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 my feet are like tapping the ground because I'm so excited. I want to like jump. It's like, <laughs> why, why, um, why is that not just therapy then? Why, why is that different to just going to a really good therapist? I, I, will, I will answer you right now. If therapists did that and they did what we did, you wouldn't be going to therapy for decades. They wouldn't have a business model, would they? <laughs> Such an evil it's laugh. Like, <laughs> it's so true. I, I, it's I think true. about all the clients. Right? I had a client in his late 60s who graduated last month. He'd been to therapy since he was in his teens. You should write therapy. a book. Therapy. You should write a Talking book called about it. Kill All the Therapists. <laughs> no. No, just I kidding. Mean, therapists are great, and it's, therapy's insightful, and it's fascinating. Um, and there wow. are some great therapists out there. But it you made that sound like it was cute. It's like Tommy came <laughs> home with like a little drawing. That's cute, Tommy. Did you draw a tree? <laughs> wow. There are I'm great <laughs> therapists out there who do good work. Um, I just got really sick. I, I, I was diagnosed uh, with major depressive disorder and thrown into therapy before the age of 10. Whoa. I went to therapy probably my entire life. Hi, like middle, elementary school, middle school, high school. I kept going back to therapy. I get to college. You know what? You should go back to therapy. You should go back to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I just sit there and, you know, this is probably what's wrong with you. And maybe you do things for this reason. Yeah. And I, I've had more fascinating conversations with brilliant minds and, you know, who are therapists, but I never changed. And that, that, that frustrates me because I feel like, God, if I could have known about this type of work when I was younger, what kind of life could I have lived? Where so could I be right now? You know, pe people listening to this are going to say, "Well, but hold on, you, you know, you do sound like a therapist because you're talking about childhood, you're talking about changing mm -hmm. beliefs, and you're still using words." Mm -hmm. You know, this conversation you had with your friend, this 20-minute conversation, it was still just words. Right, you're True. speaking words. True. The therapist is speaking words. It's not like you're coming, you know, Aaron. If you came and told me, uh, you know, Daniel, we've got this magical, uh, I don't know, laser beam, and yeah, we laser right. your brain with it, and it right. shifts your neutrons or whatever. I'm going to sound like an idiot now. It, it, you know, it shifts <laughs> your whatever in your head, and that realigns your brain, and that like <laughs> you know, neuroplasticity. Wow, now I sound smart because I heard that somewhere else. <laughs> right, neuroplasticity. Yeah. Then I'd be like, ooh, this is cool. This is new this is different yes. okay this is, we're not just speaking now but you're telling me okay that and, and everyone listening to this that you're still using the same thing that the therapists are using which is essentially words and thoughts oh. and ideas sure yeah you Th could toss me right into the therapy bucket if you want so if i'm that, tossing you in there so what are you doing differently <laughs> then <laughs> uh again instead of giving people ways to cope with their problems which is why you go to therapy is you learn how to cope with things in life. You learn how to cope with your challenges and giving people, adding techniques, tools, and tactics 
we subtract. We pull out the root cause. And then we send people on their way and they're done. That's the difference. That's it. But we still we use words. And why is it that you discovered it and no one else has discovered it? I think there are other people out there doing this. I know for certain that I am not the sole person on this planet who is doing this work. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And I've learned from people who are doing similar things. I've learned from people who are doing variations. I've learned from people who have been doing work like this for decades. I just don't think people have been getting it out and, and may not. I'm just on a mission to get this out into the world. I think maybe that's the difference because I, I did not invent all of this by myself. Like I said, I was a test subject. I studied underneath people. I learned. I read from others. This is not something that I woke up one morning and I'm like, I'm going to try this out. And this just got plopped into my brain. There are other mm-hmm. people doing it. I'm just on a mission to, to change more people, to change people's lives, to make this mm-hmm. happen. And and depression and low moods, isn't that just natural? I mean, is I just feel like you have good days and you have bad days, no? That is probably another conversation altogether. I have really mixed and not completely evolved um, beliefs myself okay. about depression. I have found um, there, that it, it can be quite complex. Mm-hmm. I have found that there are things that can impact like the chemical, the neurochemicals in my brain. And like, like I have a, a, a dropper bottle of a certain type of supplement. I have something called MTHFR, which is a, a genetic mutation. And mm-hmm. it causes like methylation uh, dysfunction. Uh, and, a, 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 you know, a bunch of people have it. It's not, like, rare or anything like that. There are books on it. A lot, I think, like, 10% of the population or something has it. But um, these drops contain something called methylfolate. If you put that dro- one full dropper into, like, my water or tea in the morning and I didn't mm-hmm. know it, I would probably go from being a high-functioning person who's confident and happy and productive to someone who's shaking in the corner, um, wanting to kill herself. Really? Like I can, ha- yes, with one dropper, it, it so throws my entire system. It, and, you know, people could be like, well, I guess all of the work that you've done doesn't really matter. But there are like chemicals and, and I am not a, a neurosurgeon. I'm not a neuroscientist. I am not a, a psychiatrist with a medical background that who understands the complexity and the nuances of how chemicals impact mood and depression. I know that it's a two-way street. I know that people with depression can be cured because a lot, a lot of times depression is thousands or, or hundreds or tons of negative beliefs. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not important. I'm worthless. I'm a failure, right? They have them stacked on stacked on stacks of mm-hmm. these beliefs that need to get pulled out, which is totally possible. But then there are instances like where I've seen myself where if someone gives me the wrong, you know, methylated, uh, you know, methylate, methylation formula, my entire body and brain turn to mush for 24 wow. hours before I can go back to being someone who is able to say I've been impacted by my own work. So mm-hmm. that's where it gets really tricky is – I can't speak to the complexities of the chemical component of the equation. Got it. Okay. So that's uh, to be continued. 
Definitely. Okay. Wow. I mean, literally, I could I could talk to you for hours. Uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 so fascinating. I love this stuff. Um, so, for those listening that are really intrigued to to find out more about what you do and how you can help them, what should they do? Uh, they can. I'd say two things. Yep. They can follow me on Facebook because I post most days of the week. I'm always sharing like client stories, personal stories, um, techniques and things to consider and and uh, questions to ask oneself. So I'm mm-hmm. over there. I'm the only Aaron file on all of Facebook, so I'm really easy to find. Yep. And then the second thing is... By the way, is, spell your last name because I know yep, it's not F-I-L-E. P as in Paul, H-E-I, L as in Larry. Very nice. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely follow her. Definitely follow Erin on Facebook. She's really fascinating, amazing well, stuff that you post. You. And, and what the, was the second, second thing one? is people should go to my website. They'll find a ton there. I have um, just pages and pages of client stories. Like we have mm-hmm. uh, case studies. I have videos. I have screenshots of what people have experienced, you know, after a couple hours of this kind of work. Um, and okay. you can see the transformations where people just like you have gone from thinking that they're going to be permanently like that to totally different in a short period of time. And then something that we're still offering for free is Mm -hmm. uh, I did a one-hour training. I I told people I was going to do a quick training. It turned into a full-hour video. Um, I've been told I shouldn't be doing it for free, but for now it's still for free, and you can go grab the entire training that shows, like, the pretty diagram I wish I could have showed the audience today. Like, that explains where your behaviors come from and how everything is dependent on one another. It goes through the whole model, explains it all in really clear detail, gives some tips on things that people can try and do to clear their mental lens as well. So that's up on the site as well. And the site is mindfixgroup.com. Mindfixgroup.com. Erin, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for, for letting me pick your marvelous brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.